0: Here we are, here here we are. We're back at it with a dusty ass table. This is Dusty Ass Table with Matt Boyd. Um, God bless. Pick now, pick now. That's what I love to do. I think it's part of my anxiety of doing this show is that I love to, the second that I sit down, find bullshit to fix that I very easily could have fixed before I started the show. It's part of my resistance. It's part of the resistance. It's in the air. Resistance is like the force. It's around you at all times, you know? This is a show. Welcome to What's Wrong with Matt Boyd. Episode number 22, I believe. We're at it, dude. We're, this show's going, bro. This show's never not coming out. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do Um, for, I guess, after this episode. What's today? What date? What what date are we on? 17th? The 10th. Never mind. So we'll have one that will come out here for the 17th, but then for the episodes that are going to be the 24th, which is Christmas Eve, and then the 31st, New Year's Eve, because people say it like that, New Year's Eve, uh, I'm going to be in Nashville. So we're going to have to figure out what I'm going to do for those episodes. Maybe I record them in Nashville. Maybe I get back to my fucking roots, dude. Maybe I do a roots cast where I I get, well, I'm not going to have my car, where I sit in somebody's car and record this podcast staring at the window. It's freezing cold. Back when I was doing it in Nashville, it was hot. I would be sitting in my car in Nashville, sitting in a 2016 Mazda 3 with a clipped wing, And I fucking would sit in my car and try to record this podcast, just staring out the fucking window at people walking their dog and shit in the middle of East Nashville and just try to, (laughs) you know, I guess it's not all that different from how I'm doing it now. Now there's just a camera and I'm inside. But, uh, bro, that was some bullshit batshit when I was doing it like that in Nashville. Sitting in my car, staring out the window, commenting on big women running with their dogs, you know, just being like, these fucking people, that was the whole podcast, Um, you can listen to them, it's episode 1 through 10, I believe, maybe 1 through 11, maybe 1 through 13, I don't know, if you're on the YouTube, which you should be, And you're listening and watching What's Wrong with Matt Boyd. Uh, The first like 10 or 13 episodes are me in Nashville just sitting in my car uh, fucking talking about bullshit as if it's any different now. But there's no there's no video. And that was me back in Nashville I think for the vast majority of those episodes I didn't even know I was moving here. I think like only the last one that I recorded in Nashville did I know for sure that I was gonna be moving down here. And I think the one before that was the one I recorded right when I got back from Dude, I got fucking arm acne right when I got back from uh visiting. Um and and fucking that was a weird way to do a podcast. I don't recommend it. I guess you got to start somewhere. I don't know why, because I've I've done plenty of podcasts in the past, um, where I would uh, video all the podcasts I did with with my Palestinian prince who wears a brown my Palestinian prince who wears a brown crown Casey Shaheen. Um, we would do video. I I was doing video podcasts for damn near. Four years before I started doing this bullshit, and I, uh, I, uh, I don't know why I wasn't doing video with the first few episodes of What's Wrong, but it was you know it was the middle of the pandemic, and I was already in my fucking room enough. I didn't just want to sit in my room and talk about. It. I also had a roommate, and uh, I'm very weird about. I'm very weird about everything. But I'm especially weird about, like, it was it was just very weird. I felt very insecure about doing the podcast in the first place. Just some dude sitting inside watching fucked up videos on the internet. I tried to do some video shit. And just, like, you know, talking. Like, like I could just imagine my roommate on the other side of my wall just hearing me say stupid shit, you know? And it made me very insecure about it. So I, I recorded it in my car, no video. Um, and I felt like that was, like it wasn't even weirder when she would look out her fucking window in her room and see me. My car was parked directly in front of her window. All she had to do was flip them blinds and just see me and be like, what the fuck is he doing out there? For some reason, I felt better about that. And here we are. And this is the next step. Shout out that camera! Shout out that camera! I haven't done that in a minute, uh, but you know, it's good to be doing it. It's good to finally. I'm trying. I'm really trying to figure out what what's the what's the method. What's the method? Uh, I had a, a manager at a restaurant I used to work at in Nashville called Sperry's Steakhouse. Have I talked about Sperry's? I know I talked about Buka. And uh, nectar, but I also used to work at Sperry's Steakhouse. Sperry's Steakhouse was a very fine dining restaurant. I wore, I had to wear like a starch pressed white shirt and a fucking tie and a tie clip to work every day, wearing a goddamn bistro apron, serving people fifty dollars steaks. And our our manager was a real hard ass. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of people that work in restaurants. Um you know, in in America, I don't know if it's like this other places and literally the other places aren't listening. So I don't know why I had to have that qualifier in America. But there's a lot of restaurants where for what for one reason or another like chefs and managers feel like they have the uh the, they they have the right to like Treat a, like their restaurant environment like it's a it's a kitchen in the Navy. Like everyone's working in the in the uh uh what's it called in the mess hall of a fucking a Fort Campbell. Like they love to just be real hard asses about shit for no reason. It's like, guy, we're slinging salads. The bitch asked for ranch. You know, you uh, you don't have to like yell at me about stuff. We don't have to have our own lingo. You know, we don't have to say heard every three seconds and like behind and like, like we're running around a corner and fucking, in fucking desert storm, you know, like the, they've got like this whole, like, the, it, it's just all very concise and it's all very appropriate and like, and like moving the way that you're supposed to. And it's like, you just got a bunch of drug addicts working for you, man. It's you're not, it's not that special. Uh, I'm in college, you know, I work here three days a week and I make money to buy video games and weed. So like you, like, what are we doing here? Why are you fucking, why are you, why are you making me stand up when you walk in the room? You fucking idiot. But uh, we, we had this, our, our manager was like a real hard ass, like a real fucking, you didn't, you didn't cross him. You didn't fuck with him. He had the chin strap. He had just this bad boy, no mustache, just growing the the fucking butt chin, shaving everything else. One of those, really big guy. And uh really loud, like fucking, you know, look like his dick had a knuckle. You know what I mean? Like this is like a a man. And all the butt- and I was the youngest dude that worked there. I was the youngest Person that worked there, even all of the bus boys were older than me. They were just like a little bit older, but they were all just like fuckheads. Like all the all the bus boys were fuckheads, and they and they would be like really that they they would run around and like cause a ruckus. And they were kind of like the class clowns of the restaurant. And I was just kind of minding my business and trying to just you know just trying to make the money, just trying to be there, not cause a ruckus. I was never really a a ruckus man you know i'm just like a fucking go in make the money get out i'll i'll laugh hey i'm here to laugh but i'm not here to cause a ruckus it's just not me i'm not really a ruckus guy i'm a go in get the money get out you know these guys would love to come in and start a ruckus and and uh just really fuck with people we had a lot of really old customers. So they, they would, they would do this shit all the time where they would just walk into a room and yell queef <laughs> and every it would just be so abrupt. And, and so out of nowhere that everyone would hear him yell, but they didn't, they were like, what did he, what did he just say when he came in the room? And, uh, and what, and we all knew what, like, like all the servers, knew exactly what they were doing and we would hear it and just die like die laughing every single time walk into a room with fucking glasses of water and just be like queef and then just keep just keep going they were those types real shitheads real real up my alley real barking from the same tree uh that my mother gave me i don't know what the fucking saying is um but what somebody caught wind. I think. I think at one point some customer knew what they were doing, and and he fucking told. He snitched on on them. And uh, and one time our manager walked into the room and he went, "Hey, hey, Alex, what's the method here? This <laughs> is such a it's such a wild thing to say to somebody. What's the method here? You here to make money or are you here to fuck around? No, tell me, tell me. He thought he was being a real hard. He always like every time he had to scold somebody, he always acted like he was like, it was like his Oscar moment in a in a mob movie. You know, he always acted like he was like really giving someone the fucking business. Hey, Alex, what's the method? It, it's such a it's such a crazy thing to, like, how do you answer that question when you have no idea what he's talking about? He was trying to just surprise him. With the question, see what he was going to say, and then tell him what he was in trouble for. But my man had no idea what he did wrong. He's probably getting in trouble for something he did a couple days before. And the way he's supposed to own up to that is just this guy coming up to him, "Hey, what's the method?" I was just like, "I don't fucking, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you, what do you mean? What's the method? I don't, I'm dropping off waters, and uh, and then I'm going to get the dirty plates. I think that's the method." is where Alex came from. And our manager was like, you think you just run around my restaurant, my restaurant, by the way, you think you just run around my restaurant, yell obscenities like queef. When you walk into the room, <laughs> everybody that was standing by just started busting out laughing immediately. And we got him. We got old fucko to say, to say queef. I don't remember his name. Oh. that's just, that's just the type of shit that you expect when you work around. Do people that work in, in real fuck-around industries and are hard-asses about it are just the worst people. Like, real do-gooders good, do that that failed at the good shit. I got shit in my eyes, man. God bless, dude. It was a real unprofessional podcast. I didn't clean out my eyes before I said Hey, Matt, why is your podcast not really getting off the ground? Well, because you're not cleaning out your eyes before you start. It might be something to do with it. Um, uh, pe- people that... I-, I feel like every single job that I've had in my adult life and now this stupid fucking dream that I have, um, they're all fuck-around industries. Like They're all just places... That you kind of end up because you know you tried the, the real shit and it just didn't work out. That's everybody in a restaurant. That's everybody that does comedy. Everybody that has a podcast. Everybody, what other job? I, like now, I don't, I don't really work in a restaurant, but I work in like hospitality. It's not really, it's not really like a fucking. You nobody wakes up one day when they're eight years old and it was like one day I want to work in hospitality. You know, it's kind of like where you go when all the other shit doesn't work out. Or when you don't have, like, people that just straight up don't have a dream, you know? Sorry. I was getting real dry. Um, but, But when you enter one of those fields and you start to run into, like, people that are, that, Treat it like it's the most important thing in the world that we fucking, we get this calamari out, you know, right away. We got five minutes to get this fucking calamari out. And the people that let that run their lives, it's like, dude, the, the people that ordered it are out at a birthday, you know? Like, they don't really care all that much. Let's just... Have fun with it, dude. Let's fuck. I'm gonna pop all these calamari in my mouth. Shoot me a little bit, and then take it out to the table. Why do we have to be so goddamn serious about you know, like the the fucking the water? If their if their water glass gets halfway emptied, you need to fill it up immediately. You can't let it get down to three quarters empty because that's when it's like these people that read the these like the the uh oh dude, he would always my at Sperry's would always bring up this book and I can't remember the name of it, but there's some book that is like the way to fucking be a, a restaurant guy. It's like a the tips to service or whatever. And it's it's just like, dude, what do we do? Do we kill everyone that, that reads the book or do we just kill the author? You know, I think about that all the time. Whose fault is it? Do we get mad at the people that like like... Do we get mad at Gary V or do we get mad at everybody that adopts what Gary V says? I don't know, man. This is a real chicken or the egg. It's real sheep or the shepherd, you know? Who are we mad at? The sheep or the shepherd? Um I think if you can catch it on early enough, you you get mad at the shepherd, but I think it might be a little bit too late. I think that there's too many sheep in a lot of these fields and and so you you kind of have to you kind of have to just get mad at the people that that adopt such like bullshit mentalities, because a lot of the time you feel like the the adoption of the bullshit mentality wasn't is is kind of like a safe out to really doing it the way that you want. Does that make any sense? Like, like I think that everybody going in, they have to have at least one percent of a of an instinctual feeling that there is like a like a good wholesome fun cool happy positive way to do mostly everything let's just keep it on restaurants just to keep it uh keep it where it is is it, is this a podcast about revolutionizing restaurants i don't fucking know uh but like you don't have to you, We there. There's got to be a way that you can just run a restaurant or be an employee in a restaurant where it's just like, hey, they're fucking eating pizza, you know? Like, what are we getting so mad about? Why do people have to get all stressed out about what time? It's pizza, and they're eating in a restaurant. Why are these people getting treated like kings because they have fifteen dollars? Is that the new is that the new that's like the new way that that we go about treating people in this society. It's like, "Hey, do you have $15? You can be a king for 2 hours." It's such a crazy way to look at it. I think people on both sides of the restaurant industry, both the customers and the employees and like the owners and everything can just sit down And be like, I've done this before at restaurants that I worked at, where you just like find subtle ways to check people's humanity to where you're like, hey, fuck off. You ordered spaghetti, you know? You're not Queen Elizabeth, okay? Shut up. It'll come when it comes, all right? There's 500 other people in this restaurant right now that also think they're Queen Elizabeth. Suck it the long way. You're not even the best looking one, okay? So why do you think in a world full of queen elizabeths that you can be the 51st hottest one and get your way you know chill all right so so there there's little things that you can do like subtle little things when people just really overreach on the way that they they treat you as an employee of a restaurant that serves 10 dollar entrees you know, where it's like, who do you think we are? Where do you think we are? How hard do I have to press before I pop this bubble? And you find out every single time that it's not that hard to pop that bubble of people in their own little stupid fucking heads being like, I can tell this guy to do whatever I want. This guy, I'm going to... Have a booger on my nose the whole time? I'm going to tell this guy to do whatever the fuck I want. This guy is going down because he thinks that my pepperoni pizza half cheese half pepperoni light on the sauce can come out three minutes after I expect it to be here and they, they really think that they can just go um, excuse me sir who the fuck do you think you are where's my half cheese half pepperoni light sauce pepperoni pizza and then all you have to do listen If you work at a restaurant and you're listening right now, all you have to do is find some subtle way, get creative, do whatever you want, and find some subtle way of going, ma'am, suck it, and then walk away. Use a few more words, don't say it exactly like that. Use different words. You'll get fired if you say it like that. But find a way to tell her to suck it. Suck it the long way, suck it the short way, choke up on it a little bit, I don't care you're not going to talk to me like that. And that's really all that you have to do. It's very simple. It's not the, it's not the hardest thing to do in the world. Now, granted, a lot of times you're going to do that and it's not going to go very well. You're not going to really get the desired outcome. Uh, you're going to get in trouble. But nine times out of ten, people, people really don't think that you will talk to them like that. It's this very weird thing that we have in our society now where it's not really in every moment one side is expected to be non-confrontational. It's never that both sides of our society, and in like a in an interaction like that, like a business interaction or just like a social interaction, somebody always does something wrong. And more often than not, you're just expected to not be the guy that reacts which I think is bananas. I think that that's such a crazy way to look at how we deal with stuff. But you know, it's like it's like in football where they always or in in basketball, really in any sport except for hockey, like the the first guy will push. He'll he'll go a little too far. He'll push you on the on the face mask or something and then you swing back and you're the one that gets in trouble. And that's how it happens. 99% of the time. They never see the first reaction, they see the second. And for some reason, we've just accepted that that's how it should be. And people all the the vast majority of people accept the mindset of like d- if like they're never going to see the first action, never be the reaction. And I think that that's the craziest way to go about things in the entire world. I think that if you have a justified moment in your life to Stare someone down that did something wrong, whether they know that it's wrong or not, and you can bring it up to them in a non volatile way. Maybe, let's say, maybe, maybe if you can maybe not make it uh volatile, maybe, but it's not required. You can make it a little volatile if you want. You can shake up that coke can just a little bit. You know, what's wrong with shaking it up a little bit, just a little bit. I don't want it to go everywhere, but I want it to be undrinkable for a couple seconds, you know? Is that the worst thing I've ever said? Uh, When when you see someone do something wrong and you can point it out immediately in whatever way you want, get creative or don't, you know, if your job's not on the line or if if it's just your social standing that's on the line, do whatever you fucking want. That's how I look at it. Oh, what, are you just going to hate me? Fuck off, I don't fucking care. I'm going to say something uh then then why would you not because the people that do the wrong thing in the first place 100 of the time if you call it out they feel bad about what they did nobody ever like does something bad and then gets called out on it and then is like no fuck you no that's how i they're always like oh shit okay like i was i was hanging out at an open mic last night and there was this dude me and a few friends were standing kind of in a line. We were kind of king of the hill in it, on the on the fence of the back of the open mic. And we were standing there talking, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette. And this one guy walked up and started talking to us. But the way that he started talking to one guy in our group, he like put our back to me and my friend. And he kind of, um, he kind of like, I I I would say with 99% certainty that he didn't mean to do this but the way that he like backed into the group he kind of like edged me and my friend out of the conversation the way that he just literally immediately walked up stopped turned and and like pushed me and my friend out of out of the circle now me I'm seething on the inside the second that starts and my friend was too and we kind of looked at each other for a minute but me personally i am of the mindset that i i don't like saying anything but i'm not going to rule out slashing his tires and breaking his knees you know like i i i'm going to wait until he does that enough times to where i'm justified in slashing his tires and taking his knees i'm not just breaking them i'm taking them with me That's just how I am, okay? I'll sit there and I'll let you edge me out and I'll stare at the back of your fucking neck the whole time, and then one day, it's gonna go bad for you. And now maybe not literally slashing his tires and taking his knees, but like whatever that is in a social situation where I just pop off. I love love suppressing and I love popping off. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. I just love doing it. Um, I love doing it to the point where it's like, it's such a big pop off from so long ago that I I don't even know how to describe every, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know where all the other straws went. Everyone just saw the one straw, you know? Um, but that, that's just how I am. I like it. I don't think it's a bad way to live. It probably is. Um, and I was trying to explain to my friend last night, it doesn't mean that I just keep, it's not really resentment. I don't keep hate in my heart, but it, you know, it's, I think of it less of like a shaken up bottle of champagne and I think of it more as uh, a filing cabinet, you know? I'm very calculated with where the files go. They go on the right spot and I close the drawer and I just wait until the file cabinet's too full. And then I put the filing cabinet on top of the building and I kick it off. <laughs> That's just what I do. That's how I live my life. Um, and I see literally nothing wrong with that. But um, in that moment, my friend that was also getting kind of pushed out of the circle with me, like, said something to the guy, and it was whether he knew what he was doing or not. I, I guarantee you, he had no idea what he was doing. But the fact that you can, this guy's been in a million conversations at a million open mics in his in his comedy career, he knows what it's like to walk up to a group of people and start talking. And if you've built up such a a a, a tolerance to normal social values when you are in maybe the top 1% of like social people in our age range, like just seeing so many people and talking to so many people on a nightly basis in the thing that we do, like if you've gotten to the point where you've done it so much where you just completely disregard social norms... You're an evil person. Like you're a bad person. Like like you you. What do you what? What's the fucking method? (laughs) You know what's the method? I I would have loved if my friend would have just tapped him on the shoulder and turned around and said, Hey hey bud, what's the method here? And the guy wouldn't know what he meant because he's like, I don't fucking. Nothing happened today. I didn't I didn't make this guy mad today. I don't know. And it all came from a couple days ago. You know, it all came from shit that this guy was doing way before even this very small, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. But my friend kind of exploded on him and it was uh funny. It was very funny to see. It was very confrontational. It was extremely aggressive and he kind of really undressed him and in the the problem was that it was so big. I think that me and my friend were the only two in the entire circle that recognized what the guy was doing and and uh my friend blew up in such a big way and I think I kind of egged him on to do it a little bit. Um just because I went, I was like I don't want to do it but I I do want to see you do it. Um that it he came off in such a big way that people were kind of like like people jumped on my friend because he blew up so being like, "Oh, what's this guy's fucking problem?" But it was like, "No, this is he, he is 100% justified in blowing up on a guy that knows better than to like just like physically square somebody out of a conversation and do it in a way where it's like when you get when it gets brought up about like if someone said that to me it would ruin me if i accidentally was talking to people and like accidentally backed somebody out of a conversation when i showed up and then they were like hey dude who the fuck do you think you like like i was standing here talking and you just like took over my spot like who the fuck do you think you like it would ruin me. I I would hate to be that guy. And I would see that. But th- here we go. I'm a, I have a good heart. I got a, I got a golden heart, okay? And gold don't get cold, all right? It's warm. It's a warm golden heart. And uh and if, if someone did that to me it would it would ruin me. like I would feel like an utter piece of shit to do something uh like like subconsciously that is such an asshole thing to do. But this guy kind of turned around and was like, oh, all right, dude, I mean, I'm sorry. But it's like, no, 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 no. We don't get to a point where you doing such a grossly egregious thing is just like a small little uh-oh in your brain when it gets brought up. It's a shitty thing to do. Don't do it. I feel some type of way with Matt Boyd. That's a fucking new name of this show. Uh but you know it's an, it's a douchey thing to do and uh and I, I don't think that you should be acting that way around people but i don't know but that that's kind of the thing is that we've kind of gotten to the point where very minor like very very small subtle asshole things that you can do in social situations and just like you know normal polite societal situations can be brushed under the rug but if you're the guy that that says, Hey man, you're being an asshole. Now you're the asshole is, is like a, it's like a weird, it's, it's the, it's that whole problem that people have with, uh, people that just maintain the status quo. I've heard that a lot in politics over the last couple of years, like people's big problem with, with the way that like establishment politicians, uh, deal with, um, like like radical ideas from younger people or just people that have been disenfranchised. or like, you just don't like me bringing this up because it fucks with your status quo. It fucks with your idea of what is right and wrong to do in a society and your rule book on what is right and wrong to do in a society has genuinely fucked over my entire life. That's how people feel. I don't really know if I feel one way or the other on a lot of... I, I feel like I'm probably more on the side of the people complaining, um, cause I've talked about it before it's, I, I think I've talked about it on the show, but like when you're in a corporate environment, like in a, at a corporate job and, They're like, listen, part of the status quo here is that uh, just willy-nilly on a whim, whenever I feel like it, I'm going to have to take away like uh, 25 of your 40 hours this week, and it's going to be within the next 12 hours. I'm just going to take away over half of your your life earning um, at this job that you do. Uh, Sorry. And it's just like a sorry, or sometimes you don't even get the sorry, and then when you go, uh, hey, how am I going to pay rent this month? You're not going to just do this to me. I'm not okay with you just doing this. And they're like, oh, hey, whoa, 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 hey, whoa. No reason to get upset about it. And it's like, you just took away my livelihood. And then when I'm like, I'm not okay with that, now I'm the fucking bad guy. Now it's my fault. Everything, this turned into a fuck me situation just because I brought it up. But that's the thing. There there's 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 been this status quo that's been implemented. It's the whole idea that like as an employee it's like uncouth. I don't know what that means. I think I'm using it right. It's uncouth to uh just quit your job. That you can't just be like, I'm leaving and then just leave and never come back. But you don't have to put in a two week notice to fire somebody, you know? It's like what what what's the what what's that? let's go let's go as deep as possible. Um, it's the way that we like there there's so many more uh deliberate and just over the top obvious status quo rules that they that you make poor people here we go poor people and and like less privileged people they have to, abide by so many more and so many egregious like status quo rules than the people above them, the elites. All the time. I feel like all the time there's like these things that you that you think uh what am I trying to say? Like like if you're like a blue collar working dude there you have so many more like very rigid uh uh, rules of engagement when it comes to the world of working than the people that employ you and tell you what to do have to follow. They can kind of just do fuck all. Like you've got to, you've got to be a fucking. You've got to work hard, forty hours a week, maybe fifty, maybe sixty. You got to work hard, you go home, you provide for your fucking family, and you lay down and you try not to hit your dog, and you just go to bed and you wake up the next morning and you do it again. And that's the fucking life. And that's what you got to do. And you do that. You work 40, maybe 50, maybe 60 hours a week to do that, to provide for your fucking family. And then all you get is to survive, Like, honestly, if you're, like, doing the vast majority of blue-collar jobs, you get to survive when you do that. Meanwhile, every single one of your corporate bosses, the CEOs, the fucking branch managers, all these people have, like, six-week sabbaticals written into their yearly contracts they're all just making salary. Sometimes they gotta work maybe 45 hours a week, but it's like, if there's a week where there's 30, I'll just get them to do the job for me. And they just like get the they get all this paid time off and they fucking get to, you know, they get to tell you what to do just so they can make a little bit more money just so they can afford a boat. This is like a fucking communist manifesto that I'm putting together right now. But, I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, uh the only problem that I have with all of that shit is that you the, there's just like it, uh way more often than not I feel like a lot of those like really rigid um like very stoic. You know what? Let's let's fucking lighten it up a little bit and let's make it exactly what it needs to be for this podcast a Star Wars metaphor, okay? In in the TV show, The Mandalorian, which is out right now, and it's fucking through episode seven? Six or seven of the second season? I don't know. Um, oh, fuck. If it's seven, that means tomorrow's the last one. God damn it. Today, when this is coming out. Um, you know, like, like Mando. Oi, Mando. Uh, Mando. He fucking you know he you, you watch the whole first season of the show and into like halfway through the second season um he's like you learn about his uh his life as a Mandalorian you know he was adopted as as this uh as a Mandalorian he wasn't born a Mandalorian but he was adopted into like the Mandalorian uh culture and he he throughout the entire first season and the first half of the second season, he always talks about like, this is the way and you meet some of his Mandalorian brothers and sisters that live underground in on Tatooine and, and they're like, this is the way you realize that um, this is kind of our first big, big look into like the Mandalorian culture. And it's it's like a religion for them. They're very stoic. They don't take their helmets off. Um, it's like against their code to take their helmets off. If they see somebody that's not a Mandalorian with Mandalorian armor, they have to fight them. They fight them to the death. Whoever dies gets the armor or whoever lives gets the dead person's armor. They have this very rigid way of thinking. They work really hard. They fucking have these life debts, you know, where if somebody does something, saves their life, they are indebted to them for the rest of their life. And, that's why mando oi mando takes baby yoda in the first place he feels like he has a life debt to this creature he feels like a a higher being a higher calling the force um he doesn't know it but he thinks that this like otherworldly kind of mystical um um uh entity is telling him to like see it through with Baby Yoda. He's got to get Baby Yoda where Baby Yoda's got to go, and that's his life goal now. He's indebted to this Baby Yoda. He's got to fucking do it. And then he meets Bo Katan and the First Watch in in the I think the sixth, maybe the fifth episode of of season two. Spoilers, by the way. He meets Bo Katan in the First Watch, which is like a renegade, new age, uh, uh, faction of the Mandalorians they're in the TV show, the clone wars, bo is Bokatan is the sister to the empress that was in charge of Mandalore in clone wars that Obi-Wan might've had fuckings with. He might've fucked her. Who knows? But he loved her. Um, but, but he meets Bo-Katan and she tells him, he, she tells Mando and you find out for the first time in the show that, uh, Mando, oi Mando is part of a very small secular like almost Amish version of Mandalorian cults where they live this extremely rigid lifestyle and they and they can't really see outside of it that's why they were all living underground. They didn't really have to be living underground because the first watch had just been out there flying around with their fucking jetpacks shooting people and shit this whole time. They're kind of in the forefront of trying to like push forward the progress with the, maybe not the rebellion, but you know, whatever the good people trying to squash out the last of the empire. Um, but it was that first moment where you realize and I think in the show the point of that scene is that M- Oymando Mando is also finding out for the first time that uh he kinda lived this this like uh this like the the uh what what am I like uh it was like him meeting Bo Katan was like his Romspringa, you know, where it's like, Oh, I live this like crazy sheltered, super religious, culty life and like he didn't really know as a kid all the way into his adulthood that that's not how every Mandalorian lived. Like so, like a lot of them were just, you know, soldiers. They weren't all crazy religious zealots that like lived underground and like wouldn't take their helmets off. Like he was like living this very rigid lifestyle and that he could, in fact, come above ground and just kind of, you know, be a normal. But no, he can't. He's going to stay... He's gotta stay closed in, he's gotta protect this baby Yoda, he's gotta get this job done, he's gotta figure it all out. And that has nothing to do with what I was talking about before, does it? Um No, it does. Uh what was it? Can I pull it can I pull it back? I just feel like there's a lot of people that kind of I, I think that there's a huge like Mandalorian what what's their What's the name? I want to say foundlings? Is that the name of the like religious cult that Oymando is part of? Uh, the I let's just say it is. I might be wrong in that, but um the the there's like a big like foundling culture among people in in this country specifically, but maybe you know all over the world of like working class people that feel like they just have to, they have they were born into this like foundling culture, this like real hard fucking work hard, you know, get shit done to provide for your family. And that used to be the only way to survive. It probably did, but it, you know, ever since like corporations and everything became the biggest thing in the world, there are now people that are constantly convincing you that that's still the way to live and it's not necessarily the way we got to live anymore but there there is this big push and this big like I don't want to say ad campaign but like this big narrative push to like keep people kind of busting their ass way too hard to just just get enough to survive just because it makes all of these people way above you loads of money like ridiculous amounts of money just to like you break your back to like make these people ridiculous amounts of money and they just give you they don't even pay for your health insurance they fucking dock it from your check you know and I don't know how I feel about that and and the crazy thing is that like saying something like this and like like the, And this is how it all goes back is is that just acknowledging that comes off to you and me as i'm saying it to be completely honest as like some kind of like communist manifesto or whatever maybe not but that's kind of how it feels to me um which is like you know it's it's literally just disrupting the status quo there was like one or two generations that didn't know that or were okay with that's how things were headed and 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 the those people are still alive that that profited from that uh that system and wanted to just keep going and if you kind of just bring it up a little bit if you just tweak it a little bit listen i'm not trying to do too much to change the world i'm just acknowledging it and even if you do that if you just tweak it just a little bit that's the worst thing you can do in the world you know it's like oh what are you talking oh come on man whoa easy And that's kind of the man just backing you out of the social circle. And when you say, I want in on a little bit of this, they go, oh, okay, geez. You know, maybe not. I don't fucking know, dude, but that's a fucking show. Um, Thanks for being here. You know, what's wrong with Matt Boyd, YouTube, Patreon, iTunes, Spotify. Is that the one I always forget? Uh you can like, share, subscribe, buy. Preach. Thanks for being here.